Artism Podcast, where we explore creativity, inspiration, and the determination it takes to be an artisan. This podcast is for artisans, by artisans. I'm your host, Kathy Duraghi, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our next guest. My guest today is Daniel Hernandez, who is an LA-based fashion stylist and artist. Interestingly, Daniel and I knew each other about 20 years ago, but have not been in touch for the past 18. And through the power of social media, we connected and decided to have this conversation today. So let's welcome Daniel to the podcast. Well, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Um, and I'm so excited uh, that we got a chance to reconnect after yeah. 18 years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Time. Yeah. Yeah. Life is crazy. Yeah, it is. I still remember uh, the first day that we started working together so many years ago. Seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Right? It is. Yeah. I um, wanted to share with the audience uh, a little bit about your background, how you got your start. You, you know, you got your start in fashion and in styling and really talk a little bit more about your artwork. Okay. Well, I, when I was in grad school, I had a part-time job at Studio Services Bullocks where I met you and I met there for two years or so. And I met every costumer and stylist in town and I just, when I graduated from grad school, I decided that I could make a couple extra bucks, maybe helping out stylists. And, and I haven't stopped since 1998. You're still working with some of the people that you met. Yeah. I became then. really good friends with some of those people and they've really just exploded in, in costuming and styling. And I am grateful for the experiences that I've had because I've worked on amazing projects all these years. And if I recall correctly, you do a whole, the whole gamut. You do TV, you do commercials, you do music. Yeah, I've always done everything. I, you know, a lot of people do specific things, and I just kind of always done the things that come to me and I've enjoyed. And, um, you know, every, whatever that is fun that comes to me, I, I do. What do you consider fun? Like, what's your criteria? In well, I like really creative things, obviously. Well, because, I, you know, my whole art background, I like to make things. And uh, which kind of has my art career got restarted because I was making stuff for a a costume designer. But, um, you know, if it's I like I like doing styling, if it's something really fun and interesting, like I like doing a lot of red carpet stuff because you can, you know, get find interesting clothes and shoes when you get clients that like different things. Mm -hmm. Do you you work with their style, though, or do you do you find yourself coming in kind of? shaping their style well it all depends on the person like one couple client that i have they didn't they brought me in a few years ago they didn't really have style they'd had hired stylists before and when i look at the previous pictures they dressed them very generically and very typical kind of uh outfits that you would it was very you know i just didn't think it was interesting at all and i came in and I said, hey, let's, let me, th-. I took them shopping in London and we went to all these great stores like Rick Owens and they opened up to fashion, fashion, and now mm-hmm. they wear amazing outfits, you know, mm-hmm. so, and they have fun too doing and that, you know. Do you continue styling them or did you kind of just teach them? Oh, the- I still, I still style them, but although it's starting to dwindle because now they know where to shop. <laughs> <laughs> you taught them the tales of the 
<laughs> yeah, lost, lost <laughs> my my own my uh, client days. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you you've you've taught them. You've taught them how to do it themselves. Yeah, so. yeah. So something comes from them, and yeah. actually, they become actually great benefactors and and clients in my art practice as well. I've done a lot of commissions for them as well. Mm. Uh, I do. You were saying to explain that a little. I started doing these embroidered portraits, um, and they've commissioned a few. Uh, so I've been grateful for them for that. Oh, fantastic. But you were mentioning that your styling work actually rekindled your personal artwork. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, when, yeah, when I was in London, um, I lived in London for a little over eight years, and uh, Ariane Phillips, who was an old friend of mine, and I used to actually be her, one of her assistants many years ago. Um, she was in town, and we were actually were living close to each other. And I had done this embroidered T-shirt for myself of Frida Kahlo, mm. and she loved it so much. We, I took in, I taken her out shopping. She was working on Kingsman, and I'd taken her out to some places that I thought she might like. And she loved my T-shirt, and she said, "Hey, can you make that for Madonna for her birthday?" And she's like, "We just kind of redid it. She wanted it as a little cushion and." And it kind of started from there. And then she had me do her rap gifts for uh, like Colin Firth and all, all, the, all the big names on the movie. And then I did a little piece for Hedwig for her. And, uh, and then she brought me in to do this piece for Alessandra Michele from Gucci. And that's wow. kind of what really kind of got me going. So your first piece was from Madonna? Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy how things wow. happen. Wow. Oh. And she posted it. Actually, I did it a few years ago, maybe two or three years ago, and she posted it last fall on her Instagram, which I was really excited about. Amazing. Wow, what an amazing story, Daniel. I know, and it's funny because, you know, I had been working assi assisting in 1988, maybe a, two or three months, and Ari had asked me to be her assistant on a few projects. So I did a bunch of Madonna stuff with her. I mean, I was like the third or fourth assistant, like on Ray of Light and stuff. But that was a nice uh, full circle, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And then tell me a little bit more about the, the, the Gucci piece. Well, um, Alessandro Michele had asked, I guess, his friends. And Ariana, I guess, is a friend of his because they had done the concert together, um, the tour for Madonna. Mm -hmm. And he asked his, I guess, his artsy uh, friends to do an art piece for this magazine in Europe called uh, A Magazine Curated By. And every, it comes out twice a year and every issue is basically the magazine's curated by a new designer. You know, maybe it's Rodarte or, um, mm -hmm. you know, like for, for, and it was Alessandro for this one. And so she had asked me to create one of my fabric embroidery pieces because I do a lot of, I work on fabrics and then embroider on top of them. She had asked me to do portraits of her and, and Alessandro in Gucci fabrics. So Gucci sent this giant box of phenomenal, beautiful, mouth-watering fabrics. Oh, my God. You know, sands and stuff you, still, you saw in, in the stores, like uh, just segments of them. And I got to, you know, pick a bunch of fabrics to work on. And it was really great. And it was uh, it, it toured in, in Asia. They, they did a little tour, uh, art show of it in, uh, in Asia. It was really oh, cool. wow. It's like a kid in a candy store. You got to buy it. Was a, oh my gosh. You're like, it was so beautiful. And you're like, what am I going to ever do with these fabrics? But you just want to hang them on your wall. They're so beautiful. Wow. wow. Amazing. So when you open up a box like that and you see all those fabrics and colors and textures and, you know, 
where where do you go from there like what do you look at that and that drives your inspiration or do you already have something in mind and then that kind of just propels it in that direction uh well actually a little of both sometimes i have ideas but when i find uh like i like to do vintage a lot and so because you find interesting fabrics and interesting uh designs that you don't see in the normal stores or uh shopping and then that gives you a, a, a new idea to take and so for instance it's like with those kinds of fabrics like you know gucci's been doing this really crazy beautiful uh brocades and embroideries mm -hmm. and things and so you kind of go like oh let's maybe we can do this and this you know you just especially because they've kind of thrown everything together now you know like there's bees and hearts and lightning bolts and this and that all, all together so it's kind of exciting that you kind of you gives you ideas inspiration right. yeah it's amazing where the inspiration often comes from yeah right yeah I, I used to work in uh in london i worked for a vintage dealer on portobello and on every friday in portobello uh all the big dealer the vintage people would come out and set up stands. And I used to set up a stand at six o'clock in the morning with the clips and the tarps, and even in the rain. And, um, and then we had this little stand and these people would come in like Dries Van Noten would come. Wow. Or the Ralph Lauren team would come from New York or the Galliano team would come from Paris. And they just buy, the woman I worked for was, had this amazing eye. She used to be a creative director uh, in London. And she just would find amazing pieces, just phenomenal, gorgeous dresses with like the weirdest 1920s appliques and, and people just buy them. And, hmm. and, and then you see it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I saw that dress. She, they bought it from us, you know? They just kind of re, re snaz it up. So they would buy those and then that would be their inspiration piece for a Yeah, their inspiration pieces, okay. yeah. Amazing. So a living, breathing piece of fabric that ended up becoming their vision board or their yeah. idea board. Because some people would just come and look for patterns. So she'd have specific patterns. She'd find like weird, you know, 30s floral patterns and she'd give it for, for the Dries Van Noten team because they'd really like weird patterns, you mm -hmm. know, and things like that. Um, so it was interesting to see different things. So all of those over the years, all those different experiences and all those different, um, I guess, collaborations have kind of shaped what you do now. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I'm not, I never consider myself like a, a sewer or a tailor or anything, but I think working in, as a stylist, I started to learn how to do things here and there. And that kind of led me, I wouldn't say kind of, really did directly lead me to what I'm doing now in my artwork. And I've actually, in the last year of kind of, now that I'm back in LA and back in styling, I've, uh, started to incorporate my artwork in with some of my clients like um uh, for instance one of my big clients is anthony russo who just directed the avengers um endgame and infinity war yeah and i made these a uh, custom uh, for actually it was for when he did uh captain america i did these custom um pocket squares for him because i couldn't find something i wanted something interesting so i did like a an American one with stars on one side and red on the other side, red and stripes. So it, the pocket square would look really, you know, kind of had this Captain America vibe. And I did one that's gold on one side and, and like a, a red on the other side per the Iron Man look. So at the different premieres, he would have the different pocket squares in. And for him, that was like a really great, you know, special touch, you know, that personalized 
that look for him. And, you know, I love doing that for him and he, and he loved feeling special in that way. That is very special because, you know, some people may not pick up on it, but for him, it's the little piece of the movie right there in his pocket. Yeah, exactly. Right. Awesome. Love it. So do you, do you work with him also on his features or do you work with, with him for himself? Just for himself. Got it. I, I don't think I'd ever want to do one of those big movies. Those are insane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine like hours. the hours. Yeah. The hours. Wow. Yeah. So are you spending your time kind of between your own personal artwork as well as styling as it, would you say it's like a 50, 50 thing or does it? It's per, I mean, I've been really blessed in coming back that I, it literally is about a 50, 50 thing. I, I work on this show called access Hollywood, but I also have a lot of side styling clients and I have my commissions have been nonstop. So I literally, I never go out because I'm sewing all weekend long. I sew at night. I sew at four o'clock in the morning when I wake up and I go to work and I come home and I sew, you know, it's just like I'm nonstop and I'm having a great time. It's I'm having fun. I mean, great. I do have a, I do have time for margaritas. Let me say, okay. I don't do anything. (laughs) No. All right. That's right. Can't be all work and no play. Right. Creativity has to come from somewhere. Right. But at least the thing is that I'm having fun doing it. So I don't even mind that I spend the whole weekend sewing you know because yeah. i just i love it and it's 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 so fulfilling for me yeah so what are you sewing right now i actually doing this commission of these two uh this couple's daughters and it's coming out really beautifully and uh, if i say so myself it's coming out beautifully but they want it by the end of the month and i'm just uh it's a i i promised them i'd have it in two months and it's just it's such a big piece that i really um i'm pressed for time on it how large is it? It's about 20 inches, which for me is pretty large. I work very small because the embroideries are very, uh, they're very uh, intimate. And they take, even just embroidering a couple inch square will take days and days. Yeah, was, uh, 20 inches sounds, yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. And then um, do you work off, like, do they send you a photo and then you work off of that? Or? They send me photos and uh, I ask, I usually ask for a few photos because some, the key things are the eyes and people love it when the eyes look exactly. And I, I do different, if somebody has, say, blue eyes, I do multiple colors of blue. And mm-hmm. it just kind of makes it, it stands out more and more. It actually, it's like a painting. You know, yeah. you don't just use one color. It comes alive. Um, and it really does come alive. And so sometimes I said, I can't see their eyes. Send me like three pictures of their eyes or their hair or something like that. Hmm. I'd love to see it when you're done. So hopefully you'll have it up on your Instagram. I will. I will. So tell me a little bit more about just inspiration as a whole and where that comes for you. We talked about fabrics and texture. Um, where else do you get? Well, really, always my inspiration has always come from the everyday and like even this like street art or street fashion. Um, you know, I think I started my whole life what, growing up. I was like in the new wavers and I hung out with the punks and, the, and even the rockers. So I was never part of like that whole mainstream. So I was always looking somewhere different. And uh, even back in the day, the stylists we're all the same way. They all came from, they were old, old punkers or old club kids. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, it's not, it wasn't about wearing designers. It was just like, they would just be jeans and t-shirts, but they look cool, you know? Yeah. Now the stylists want to wear all the fashion stuff and they look 
I guess now because everything's Instagram, they all look like they're trying to be Instagram stars. I don't necessarily think they have individual style. So I try and find things that are not the norm always. And so for me, you know, it could be some weird old lady that has, you know, two sweaters on and a plaid shirt and it's just, but it's somehow you can, it can look cool. You know, so like textures and colors and how things match. Mm-hmm. So where do you go for your people watching then? I'm always people watching. I'm always people watching, but uh, I, well, in London, it was a lot easier because it was, I was always walking around and it was always like crazy people mixed in with like the posh people, which was mm-hmm. really an interesting dynamic. Uh, but here I really, you know, I think I just, I walk around a lot. I do hikes a lot. I walk around the neighborhood a lot. I, um, I, you know, even I know there's what's, I know that sounds, I don't, I mean, it sound horrible, but there's such an, the, coming back to LA and seeing the mass amounts of homeless, mm-hmm. but where I'm, where I live over on Beachwood, they, this, somebody is doing these weird, like paint murals on the underpass. These, this, there's this little encampment and they do these, it's almost like, uh, they're, even their tents are like textures and it's like the colors are weird. And, and somebody's doing these weird paintings on the, the underpass and it's just like it's like an art installation hmm. well, so art i love colony. looking at things yeah. yeah 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 well la's changed quite a bit i'm sure you you noticed that when you oh came drastically yeah. yeah it's uh i think in some ways it's grown up um oh a hundred percent you know i think even when i moved to london you'd say you're from la and people not necessarily t- took you took me seriously mm-hmm. even like fashion in LA is more, they think is like the Kardashians, you know, yeah. which it kind of is to some extent. And so I don't think people take in Europe, LA fashion people necessarily seriously. Cause they yeah. are like hardcore. I used to go to fashion shows and people are just like hardcore. And yeah. just, I, I was like, it was like the devil wears Prada. Yeah. People yeah, are just def- like yeah. crazy. Much more high, high end fashion. Oh yeah. High yeah. end. And, yeah. So what would you say, are there any tips that you can share uh, with the audience? You know, if they're, if they're kind of lost in like, trying to figure out their style, is there kind of a journey you can start somebody on to kind of figure out where to go and what to do? Trying to figure out their style? Yeah. You know, I, I actually do think that Instagram has become a, I even use it as a tool. For, I'll have to look up something. I have to look up something the Kentucky Derby. So I was just like, I Instagram Kentucky Derby men or something like that Mm -hmm. and you can find interesting stuff there you really can um i think that's where the go-to thing is right now but um i you know i'm always a proponent of of vintage i love going to vintage shops Mm -hmm. out of the and out out of the way places and la used to have a lot more interesting stores now i think probably it's just expensive to have like for somebody to have their own independent store because uh, everything's like a chain now, but it, I do miss like the weird little stores that used to be around around town that you could get find. They would have interesting designers and in small and small batches of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there still a part of town that, or like a, a, a fashion enclave, if you will, that you can go and find things that are unique? I mean, Melrose used to be a place like that. Um, I yeah, Melrose. I, I don't think it's like that at all anymore. Yeah. Um, quite a bit. I think there's places just splattered around like Silver Lake, mm-hmm. but not, I ne- haven't necessarily uh, have found many or anything new. 
Okay. So you're still searching for that. Well, yeah, but I'm also not necessarily searching anymore. I stopped buying designer stuff anymore. For myself, I've completely simplified my life in terms of what I buy for myself. So I don't really care about designer stuff anymore. Okay. So, I mean, if, I, if a client wants something specific, I'll go looking for it. Uh, but for me, I don't really, I don't really care anymore. Okay. What is it about vintage that draws you to that? Uh, I just think it's just, it's, you just can find interesting things that are uh, a little different. And, um, you know, I always like when somebody says, you know, somebody has their whatever thousand dollar shirt on or something. And I said, oh, I got this for $9 at (laughs) 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 the closet, (laughs) you know, somewhere somewhere weird. I love that. You know, it looks just as good. Yeah. I mean. It's fun for me. Uh, do you care about the era or the history or kind of where it came from or not necessarily? That's not necessarily the driver. Uh, no, no, it's not necessarily the driving force. But because um, you can still find great stuff from the 90s now that are like, oh, where? How come I've never seen this before? You know, so but that's I, so vintage. Oh, my gosh. 90s are considered vintage. <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> I must be. It is our vintage now. <laughs> But you also have to like to look because I've always been like, I've, ever since, you know, when I was a teenager, we used to go to the, it's called Por Libre, which is by the pound, back where, in El Paso where I'm from. When you buy, you can get clothes by the pound for like a dollar a pound. And so, but you'd have to go through the stuff and find these cool, you know, 1920s or 30s coats because this was also the 80s. Yeah. Not everybody was buying them, but um uh, I like to look, I love that search, you know, I can go through a sale rack, I, I, you know, send me to Nordstrom's rack, I'll go through everything to find something interesting, because mm-hmm. it's fun, it, that search is fun for me. I don't like to go just straight to Barney's to get, okay, well, there's that, there's that cool shirt. I actually took a client to Barney's, he was trying to, he was trying to look, to develop a look, and he wanted to try Barney's, and so I took him there, and he found this shirt, it was just a white shirt. And I won't say who it's from, but it was $850. And he's not a spender on money. He doesn't spend fashion money. And I said, you know, this shirt is $850. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I don't think I'll be buying that shirt. And so yeah. we took somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but he did buy a $200 for, for, for him, I think, was a step up. I mean, he has the money. He's just not into fashion stuff. Yeah. Or like, who wants to spend $850 on a basic white shirt? Yeah. But I like to, I like the look. I like to look for stuff. Well, if the 90s are vintage, then you should come over to my house. <laughs> You'll probably find a few things in there. <laughs> things that I can't fit into. <laughs> oh, you can sell them on eBay. Yeah, one day I will. <laughs> that one day has not come yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so... I always like to ask on these calls because, um, you know, we often get people who listen in who are just starting out in their careers, just starting out in their path. Is there something you can share, um, either lessons learned for you along the way or just any tips or tricks that you can share with someone as they want to either get into styling or sewing or you know, creating, creating well, fashion? Well, I think in for instance, in fashion, uh, in art, you would kind of know, I always say like, you have to know your history. You have to know where things come from. Uh, I was working with an, a new assistant and I, I can't remember what it was. I said something and she didn't know who Terry Mugler is. And I was like, 
how do you not know who that is? Of course, she's also was like 20 years old, but still like if you're going into fashion, there's basics, you know, you just know your basics. It's just the history. Okay. And you should really know things, basic things like that. And now it's so easy to just, you know, go on YouTube and Google Terry Mugler fashion shows or something, see what they did and see Claude Montana, you know, things, see what has inspired what is out now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So research and history, know your history. Yeah. What know else? your history for sure. What else? I think just, uh, I think just be open to, to, uh, to different things, you know, and, and, and well, I always like, cause I like, like I said, I like the search. I like that journey. Mm-hmm. That's why I always say like, see what happens, see where something takes you. This store could take you to that store or, you know, you, this movie could inspire you in this way, you know, so be open to what can inspire you. It's not necessarily just because of Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And each situation is unique. So you can kind of cookie cutter everything. Either. Yeah. Yeah. You also talked about in the early years um, you know, when you were at Bullock's kind of meeting different people and starting to collaborate with different people. And obviously the professionalism that comes with that is critical. And any tips you can share with somebody, again, new starting in their work in, in terms of making a commitment, staying true to your word, really just being present and responsible when you are collaborating with someone or with kind of working with a client. Well, how- yeah. yeah. One thing I learned too, and I guess I always uh, observed it in others and I, I just have always taken it is I just, every relationship, whether or every person you meet, whether it's two minutes or you know them for two years, you don't know what that person's going to bring five years from now or something because um, like that's with Ariane Phillips that happened with me. You know, I yeah. hadn't seen her in years and then I see her in London and she just brought my career back. And I mean, just uh, that's what's happened. Even when I come back, um, uh, Paula Bradley, who I barely knew I, I hadn't seen since we were at uh, the Beverly center, you know, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, she brought me on to do some embroideries for American horror story because hmm. she had seen my work and, and I hadn't seen her. And so, uh, you just, everybody can help you out at some point and just, you know, don't ever dismiss anyone, you know, and because uh, everybody that is doing something interesting will, will move on and uh, they'll progress and, and maybe they can help you progress as well. Yeah. Well, I think that just goes back to this humanity as a, as a whole. Yeah. Right? It's, just be nice. Just, just be, be nice. nice. Just be yeah. nice. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I know you have this big 20-inch embroidery that you need to get through to this weekend. Uh-huh. So I want to I, I, I be uh, conscientious of your time and, and let you go. Um, before I do so, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience about your career and about your artwork? Um. I mean, I feel like my career is maybe it's not different than anybody else's, but I just, I've taken risks. It's, it's always about taking a risk. And I took a big risk when I moved with my partner to London. And what had happened is that I lost, I basically lost everything in our separation, literally. Mm-hmm. And I literally had to start from zero 
really sub-zero because my credit was so bad. Mm. But um, I just allow everything to happen. I, I just allow life to happen. You know, I just can't live in fear. And, and even with work, I'm not going to be stressed out if I'm not going to work for a week or a month. Because I know I will. I just, I can't be fearful. And I think that's how I have to lead my life and my career. That's powerful, Daniel. Thank you. That's powerful. And really in, in everything, fear can be such a disabler. Yeah. And that's why the world is in our country is the way it is now. It's fear. Yeah. And we can't, we can't live that way. Yeah. Or we shouldn't. But, yeah. But I love the, just the imagery of just, just receiving. You, you, you know, it's going to come to you at some point, whether it's today or in a week's time, it's, it's coming and just being open to that is really powerful. Well, the greatest lesson I learned in losing everything is that I'm still here. I'm breathing. I have food. I have a roof over my head. I'm here. I'm surviving. And I'm now just taking my survival higher and higher up. Going from uh, surviving to thriving. Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. Surviving yeah. to thriving. Beautiful. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to, to end on. Um, and I wish you just years and years of thriving and, and growing. And I look forward to following you up, you know, your career as, as you do continue to thrive. And hopefully next time we'll get to see each other in person. Too. I'd love to. Thank you so much. That was Daniel Hernandez. And you can follow him on Instagram for his styling site. It is Danny Hernani. And for his art and embroidery site, it's Nano Hernandez Art. That's N-A-N-O Hernandez Art. Both of them on Instagram, and you can find him there. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Artisan Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Artisan Creative, a staffing and recruitment firm specializing in creative, marketing, and digital talent. You can find us online at artisancreative.com or via social channels at Artisan Creative. We look forward to connecting.